What's going on out there in crypto land? My name is Phil, this is the Fun With Crypto podcast, and we are in season two, and this is episode 14. We are gonna be closing out our MIT Bitcoin Expo series with an interview with Justin Moon. I've been following Justin since I heard an interview with him on Tales from the Crypt. That is with uh, Marty Bent and Matt O'Dell, who does the Rabbit Hole Recap. Ever since I heard Justin on that podcast, I anytime there's an interview with him, I will always go and check it out. He's one of the most... I, I find he's one of the most entertaining and fun people in the uh, in the Bitcoin space. And I love what he's doing with Biddle Bootcamp. I also love what he's doing with the Bitcoin Reading Group. And yeah, you know, I mean, I think people like him, you know, deserve to have a platform and that people should hear what they have to say. So without further ado, here's my interview with Justin Moon. We are here today at the MIT Bitcoin Expo 2019, and I am fortunate enough to be interviewing a person that I've been following for a really long time on Twitter. I always, I love his posts. I find them to be very positive, and you're possibly one of the biggest inspirations for me to try and code again and again, because you always mention it, and it always gets me to sit back down, and then I realize why I can't code. So... I can't uh, really give much more of an introduction, but um, I had advice. <laughs> yes, the, the giver of bad advice, Justin Moon. No, you're not a no, not at all. But yes, I have Justin Moon with me here today. So, Justin, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and do this pod with me. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we're on the uh, MIT campus here for the MIT Bitcoin Expo. Uh, a lot of shitcoiners in attendance. I'm not going to lie. They kept uh, asking about some inter. But the last one I was at, not, not, oh. not, so there are some though, I, I got to just say, but we're, we're in a little classroom, we, we stole a little classroom, we got our own little studio, it's, it's pretty cool right here. Yeah, and, and I have to say this I feel is... like it's like goodwill hunting type yeah. of uh, an environment here, it's, it's interesting. It is, it is, it's definitely studious, yeah. you know? I, I haven't been, uh, I guess I, I haven't been unfortunate enough to run into the shitcoiners that you ran into so far. Everybody's just been talking to me about Bitcoin and Lightning, so I think I've just been really lucky, so... They were or like, they I'm kept asking cool about this pitched. like inter, it, it, it used the word inter, and in, in Bitcoin, inter is not a good uh, prefix, because you know, like, inter is between shitcoins, and they, they want to like, get in and out of shitcoins, so inter is bad, so it was like, it's like inter something, interledger, they kept asking about interledger. Was that like, during what? that talk? Yeah, oh, they, they, they got all was. these lightning, they got all like the three uh, wise, uh, this is my tweet, the three wise men of lightning, or three of them, a couple yeah. are missing, but... It's like, why are you asking them about, like, a shitcoin exchange protocol? Like, ask them about Lightning. Okay, so I, I definitely felt foolish because I had never heard of Interledger. Neither had I. And I'm like, they got oh, like three like, questions is... about it. Yeah. I don't know. It must be an MIT thing or something. Uh, the, the, the room was stacked against... The maybe <laughs> they wanted to just put that out there, you know? Yeah, just maybe, all of a sudden, yeah, maybe now, they we're, were, now we're talking I about I bet it. they were paid. I bet they were paid. That's the, I think page we figured shills. it out. Yeah, paid shills. Secret BSV agents. Every, no, every time. <laughs> every time. So, um, okay, so Justin, I know that like tons of people have asked you already, you know, the typical questions, how you tumbled down the, you know, mm -hmm. the rabbit hole and everything. So I, I know you do Biddle Bootcamp and yeah. you also started like the, the Bitcoin Reading Group. Yeah, BitcoinReadingGroup.com. Yes, exactly. Check that out. Put that in your phone as you listen to this wonderful podcast episode. Yes, you can do two things at once, people. 
You definitely should, and I, I'm a part of that group, and I really enjoy it, and that's where I met uh, Billy Garrison, and that's cool. where I got to sit in on a really amazing lightning talk with you and Renee Picard. Oh, yeah, that was cool. That I want to do more of that. Yeah, ever since we did that, I've been so busy. I haven't had time to organize anymore, but I want to do more things like that, like, because I think most of these people who are, like, subject matter experts, like, if they author some paper, and you ask them, hey, I got, like, a room of, tw I got, like, 20 people who've all read the shit out of your paper, and, like, you know, Renee's not the author of the Lightning paper, but he's, you know, pretty knowledgeable about it, and so it's, like, and he's writing a book about it, so that's the excuse for him, so it's, like, I think you can oftentimes, like, oftentimes they're willing to participate in that, just because it's interesting, you know, like, if you're like, hey, Christian Decker, we're reading the bolts. Do you want to just hop in this discussion where we ask you questions about the bolts? I think you'd do it, you know? Oh, I uh, totally agree. Yeah, so, and I think that's true of quite a few projects. So I want to do more of that, uh, time permitting. That would be amazing to get yeah. Christian Decker um, in, in, that, in that Bitcoin reading group mm -hmm. because, I, I mean, I definitely, I found that discussion, what he was talking about with, you know, the, obviously, you know, the channels and everything mm -hmm. like that. I mean, that, that is just incredible. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people don't really understand it. I mean, even me, I only get it at a surface, mm -hmm. you know, and I find the way that these guys can explain things, you know, even you included, when yeah. I say these guys, you can explain things better than most people, you know, kind of reducing that genius down to something simple so that the rest of us can be like, oh my gosh, that's how that works. Well, it helps on the other end too, because like a lot of these guys, uh, like a lot, like, you know, I'm sure Christian Decker spends most of the time with the most, the world's foremost experts about lightning. And so oh, it's yeah. like... You know, it's it's helpful for them to go and talk to the you know common user from time to time, just so they can like reality check against uh, you know the understanding of uh, people who are currently being onboarded, right? So it, I think stuff like that you know helps in both directions. Cool. But yeah, so that's that's one of the little Bitcoin reading group is a cool. I think I think there's a future there. It's like. We have like 20 people who love it. There's yes. like three or 400 who have signed up. Most of them don't participate. There's no. like 15 people who love it, 10, 15, 10 to 20. So it's like if you believe that idea that like it's better to have 10 people who love something than 1,000 who like it, I think there's a future there. But uh, I agree. I don't know exactly what it is. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I've already I've met a lot of these people in real life now. So that's one of the fun, the fun things about it is you you establish a pretty strong relationship in something like this, and then you, you kind of allies going forward, right? I was going to say. And most, most Bitcoiners are, you know, they're like, they're probably too solitary in their, uh, you know, they, like they opt into this, uh, they opt into this economy, and they're like alone in their little cave, and most of them make the mistake of trying to convince their friends to like it too, and then you lose, your, then you lose your friends, so... I'm lucky. I haven't lost my yeah. friends, but yes, yeah. pretty close. I have a few of them that won't talk to me anymore. Yeah, on the run up. So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's probably a mistake. Uh, it's better to just uh, in, you know get in an echo chamber and and hang out with them and, and have your your dual identities sort of. So that's what like the Biddle Bootcamp and Bitcoin Reading Group are all about. They're like little learning communities. One on technical, a focus on technical stuff. Another one on. Uh, we tried to have technical stuff in the reading group, but it was just too hard to organize. So, so then Biddle Bootcamp is more, more, more technical. The reading group is more uh, like literary, so to speak. Uh, and so it's, uh, it's, I think it's good to have these like, so little communities. And, uh, and I mean, that's at the end of the like, day, so we're at this like, great institution of learning. And I think at the end of the day, what you really benefit when you go to a place like MIT is the, the, the people you're around, probably more so than the professors you're exposed to or the lectures you attend or the assignments you're forced to do. I think a lot of it's the social experience. And so, I don't know, trying to, trying to find some way to like, uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, 
create an environment with some of the same characteristics for the you know, super uh, dis geographically distributed mm -hmm. uh, class of Bitcoiners. You know, you can't really have like a, like people try to make like these Bitcoin embassies and stuff and it never works because it's like people are too spread out. So it just makes sense to do stuff online and, and like in-person workshops are great. I've done a few, but it's like, at the end of the day, you need you, you, like um, an online community is kind of the way to go. So that's, that's what I'm trying to make. And just because just I, when I got involved, there was not, you know, it was basically, it was real hard to, you know, find a, you know, you got to go pay 300 bucks for a steak dinner to make any friends, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and this is what I was finding too, you know, like I'm reading through Twitter and stuff and I'm like, okay, if, if I want to go and actually meet up with some of these Bitcoiners, I, I yeah. got to head out to New York and I got to go get a steak dinner. <laughs> yeah. You know? Which, like, don't get me wrong, I have no problem, but, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a little weird. It's kind of a stretch. It's a little weird, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell me, um, um, tell me about uh, Biddle Bootcamp. I mean, I, I always hear you mention it mm -hmm. and... It, I, I guess, so what is it? It's like you, um, are you just, are, are, do people sign up and then they follow along in modules? Do you mm -hmm. have like webinar classes? Like how does that, yeah, how so, does that work? So uh, Biddle Bootcamp is, uh, is uh, changes. And so I'll explain what it is now, which is different than it was a month ago. So that means uh, it's growing. I know, I'm, well, I'm <laughs> like always just trying to, I'm just trying to improve it in real time. So like, uh, so this is kind of where it's at now. Uh, people uh, like, so I put together basically like, there's like two books worth of content. And so like, the, so there's like two parts of the course. The first part is like, it's about like digital cash kind of in the abstract. And then we had, uh, you know, how, how do you, how would you design, like what problems are you face when you're trying to make a digital cash? Like, why is it so hard? Why did it take so long to, uh, to invent one? What, I mean, this is like the, this is the, the, the general topic. And so what we do is we, we create like a really crappy version of, well, the, like the idea is that at the end to arrive at Bitcoin, like to understand all the features of Bitcoin and this like, this is the answer. Uh, and so we start with like a really silly version of digital cash and, uh, and I guess I want, it's called PNG coin. You can watch a video about it on YouTube. Cool. It's, re it's really dumb. It, it can be double spent, forged, counterfeit. It has every single problem. It's hard to, but you could actually use it as digital cash. It would just be very bad. And it's like 30 lines of Python code. And so what we do is we iteratively improve this thing until we have a little mini Bitcoin implementation. And so you can understand like, okay, that's the double spend problem. Like, cause you, you don't understand what it means because we actually make coin that can be double spent. And I ask you to double spend it, right? Like how would you double spend it, you yeah. know? And then, uh, you know, how would you, uh, uh, you know, how, how yeah, you know, we, we, we have like naive uh, solutions to things like double spending. And then we, you know, we, we make like a little bank coin. It's like a coin that's, you know, cent use centralization to, to eliminate double spends like our current fiat system works. And then we do, uh, you know, like a proof of work, cons you know, consensus thing is the, the final thing, which is like Bitcoin's solution to double spending. And so, you know, you have a central source of truth, which is the blockchain, uh, but, it's not actually, it's like central in a subjective sense because everyone agrees on it, but That's it's right. actually distributed across all these different computers. So it's like a, it's kind of a, you know, it's a really interesting thing to kind of build this up. So that's the first part of the course, and you know it's just about. Uh, and along the way, a lot of the, the students are not programmers, so they're like learning how to code kind of as we go. I asked them to take like a, a beginner Python course, but uh, you know they're they're learning how to use the terminal. They're learning how to use a text editor. They're learning about what a digital signature is, what a SHA-256 is, what a hash function is. 
how to do how to how to do networking. You know, how do you how do you send raw bytes across the internet? This is how the internet works. So you know, along the way, you're learning about uh, you know you're learning about a lot about how the internet itself works. And I think you know a lot of these this knowledge is is good absent Bitcoin. And uh, you know, so so we're learning all these different things. And at the end, you have this cool kind of sandbox, and we deploy it and try to attack each other, steal each other's coins and stuff. So that's the first that's part awesome. part of the course. The second part is like the real Bitcoin network. So we attack we we you know you, you go look up a node, an IP address, like the host name, like so which computer, and then a port is like what number, what uh, process on that port, uh, on that computer PID. is it running? Yeah, yeah like okay. so which which computer, uh, which which process on which computer. Is, is running Bitcoin, and you, you just look this up on the internet, like BitNodes, there's all kinds of websites that will display this information, and then we just try to connect to it, you know, and we do some stupid things. We try basically what we did in our, our little awesome. digital cache thing, so it's it's all about opening raw, they're called like sockets. Oh, yeah. Uh, raw sockets that you can try to send messages over the internet and try to get a response back, and so it's interesting. It's like you can connect, but you can't actually, you can send messages and the connection won't drop, but you don't get a response back. And so it's like, so then I slowly introduced some of the ideas of how to, how to handle this kind of introduction between nodes. It's called the version handshake. And so this involves, you know, basically figuring out how to... Uh, Is it like TCP IP? Yeah, so that's, that's the protocol that it's running on. Yeah, cool. so it's like, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's like, so TCP has a handshake yep. where you send a SYN message, a SYN ACK, and yep. then I think an ACK. Yep. So it's like a three-way uh, thing to establish a connection. But once the TCP connection is open... Then you want to establish a connection on the higher level protocol called Bitcoin. And so there you have to do another handshake. And the purpose of this handshake is to uh, figure out what version of the protocol each person is using. Basically, you know, like what features does your peer, can your peer support? And what features can you support? And so you share this information with your peer. And so you decide on a minimum version of the dialect. You know, like maybe one node is like from five years ago and one node is new. You have to speak the five years ago protocol. To be and able to actually communicate properly. Exactly, exactly. So it's pretty sensible. And so, you know, there's some other stuff that's uh, communicated, basically like which, you know, are you a full node or are you a prune node, stuff like that. And so, uh, so you learn a little bit more about what your peer can do. And so this is called the version handshake. And once we do that, we can actually send and receive the real messages. Like every once in a while, we'll get a, we'll get a notification of a new transaction, a new block. So you're, you can kind of see begin to see what a full node actually does, what kind of messages it has to handle. And uh, so then we write a crawler, which can go and visit all the nodes in the network. And then, uh, and we're still kind of working through this, the, we're gonna, we're, we make, uh, we try to do initial block download, where we, you know, we go and request uh, all the headers of all the blocks. Mm -hmm. So basically, we request all the information about a block, every, everything except the transactions, which is where most of the data is. And so you go and uh, assemble a complete blockchain there. It just doesn't have any of the transactions. And then you can connect to multiple peers and, and sort of distribute the work and have everyone go in and uh, sort of download the blocks associated to different, you know, different parts of the chain. And so you can oh, go a little cool. faster that way. And so we try to do that in sort of an adversarial environment. So I set up a couple nodes that feed a bunch bad of blocks. shitty blocks. Yeah, bad nice. blocks. So I try to feed like every violation of consensus you can think of. Uh, that we like, we don't implement the entire Bitcoin protocol, but like you know, use one with a bad signature. Do one that has uh, has a bad Coinbase transaction. Do one with two Coinbase transactions. Do one with uh, a block that's too big. Do do one with uh, you know that spends an invalid output. Uh, do one that spends a non-existent output. That's like all awesome. all these different things. Yeah. So it's like you know, it's like kind of teaching the adversarial thinking. And I mean, this is at the end of the day, it's one of the real values here is like. If you want to opt into the Bitcoin economy, you should run a full node, and you should know what your full node is doing. 
And so if you make this like kind of silly play version of it, you're going you're gonna to be a better node operator for the rest of your life. And I so, agree. you know, like I was talking to some people, it's like my class now is like 1500 bucks, which sounds a lot, but like it's like a week at MIT. And if you think about, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you think about becoming sovereign, uh, yeah, it's, like, it's just, it's absurd. So if you think about becoming financially sovereign, you know, uh, it's a big, it's a, it's a journey, it's a big commitment. And so, you know, investing a little bit in education is probably a good idea. And I think, I mean, I think the real value in the class is going to actually be the, uh, well, so I, I should, yeah, I'll, I'll jump back to that. But the real value, I think, is going to be as like an alumni network. So we're all going to know each other. We've got like 100 people now. There's like seven or eight people at this conference, including the org one of the organizers, okay. Hugo. Uh, you know, they're starting to be, you know, pretty impressive contributors to a bunch of open source projects like Jewel, BTC Pay Server, Node Launcher. Uh, you're starting like uh, the, the Samurai Wallet Gotenna yeah. thing was uh, developed in part by one of my students. Uh, so you're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, beginning, and these are people who weren't really coders before, so they're, you know, it's, it's pretty cool that they, make, they can do anything. Uh, and so, so yeah, I think the, that's going to be probably the real value long term is like you can be part of this community where, you know, in the next bull run, if we have another bull run, uh, when, when people get more interested, you know, you'll have all these relationships and you'll have experience working with people and you'll know who is good at what and, you know, I hope they'll, these people will go form companies and go form projects and open source things. And like, uh, hopefully some of them will start years before and then actually be ready to go, you know, go mainstream when interest picks up again. So I think that's going to be the real big, uh, the value long term is, is more on the social, the social side. And honestly, that's the main reason why you'd go to an Ivy League school today. You know, that's it's, right. it's the alumni network. That's where the, that's where the money's at. So uh, that's where the connections are. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm sort of just trying to figure out ways to facilitate that. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the story. And, and I, so the second part of it, then we also do some stuff building wallets, like a command line wallet, hardware wallet. So, so yeah, I end up with like two sort of books worth of stuff and they're both sort of like structured as a, try to make them like discovery based, with like an interesting like narrative arc. So it's like with each one we start with something very simple. Like in the first case, a silly shit coin that uh, doesn't work in, a silly implementation of digital cash that doesn't work at all. And, but it's interesting because you can, it's easy to improve. Uh, and you can sort of like discover along the way how, how you can improve it and you, you know, you can try to anticipate where it's going. And the other one is like you have an IP address. How do you, how do you do initial block download, right? Yeah. Uh, how do you broadcast a transaction? All, you know, so it's like a kind of a discovery based thing where I think it's a lot of different than the way some, you know, most classes are taught where it's like, okay, you know, like the academic way you teach Bitcoin is okay, like, you know, here is how you, the math behind ECDSA e yes. and SHA-256, and it's like, uh, I don't know, it's sort of like a staged thing, you know, like it's kind of, like that's not how... That's not that, how real life works. No, that's not, like, <laughs> in real life you're faced with like, you, 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 you take a little nugget and just try to unpeel it, you just start start peeling, right? And you, you do something really basic and, and, and you discover as you go, you just sort of like, uh, piece by piece, you don't like learn the theory and then uh, apply it. It's kind of it's better to you know slowly fill in the theory where you need it. So I, I take like a, I think I take a pretty different approach than most uh, most like you know most university classes would do it. And it's all Bitcoin too. Like I mean, uh, uh, you know, more hands on. Yeah, I mean it's it's all well it's all but like yeah I know I mean, most people talk like emphasize blockchains or smart contracts or s stupid stuff like that. Yeah. So I, this mine's the, you know, 
all Bitcoin focused. So, so that's a little different than most of the. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of the classes are funded by like consensus and stuff. Like that. <laughs> it's, you know, it's great. Like, you see a lot of sketchy <laughs> stuff. Like that's like, yeah, it's like that's <laughs> that's paid for by a scam in some way or another. So I'm not. I have no sponsors. I'm a capitalist. I just offer a product. I don't accept <laughs> donations. Pay me. Take my product or don't. Uh, so that's maybe a little different too than most. Bitcoin. I feel like Bitcoiners love donations and stuff like you know. Like, I just prefer to offer a product. But I, I like your uh, that, that. That's what actually struck me. I, I think the first time I ever listened to an interview with you possibly was on. Um, I'm gonna give a shout out here to Marty Bent. Yeah, that was the first one. Tales from the Crypt. That was and a fun one. It was the first time I, I ever heard of you, and I was just like, as I'm listening to you talk about this, I'm like. You're just you're you know you're raw and very uh, very blunt and right there I was like you know what I'm like that's what I like I'm like this guy's just not oh, sugarcoating you. it he's just explaining it as it is this is how I see it and I and I and I just wanted to listen might not to be more. right it's might not, not be right, right. <laughs> it's about I'm what a works. human <laughs> we're all human yeah but that's one thing but I it's like about, about uh, that's one thing I like about we the can Bitcoin. hear your passion that, yeah that's, that's what I'm one saying. thing I like about the Bitcoin community is that you have. Uh, I feel like you have a lot of honesty here, and it's all, you know, everything's in the open, everything's about, uh, you know, you can throw an idea out there and it gets shot to pieces, and that's the, and, and, and no one, you know, that's just the nature of the thing. So you have a lot of earnesty, and I think in a lot of places those traits aren't rewarded. Like, so for example, you know, in like any sort of, a, any sort of like a political environment, I mean, like, Bitcoin's largely about minimizing politics, right? Like, oh, yeah. You, you try to, like, trustlessness is like the opposite of politics, right? So, uh, yeah, so I think that, you know, you, like, uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm attracted to it is like you can, certain behaviors that you can be rewarded here, certain things I think are good, like, you know, just being, say, calling things like you see it, for example, like are rewarded here and they're not rewarded in many other places. So I think it's a, I think it's an interesting, uh, I mean, I think Bitcoin probably, I mean, more, I think that the cultural movement is probably more interesting than the actual technology itself. I totally agree. That's actually why I got into into podcasting, and that was yeah, the yeah. original basis of my podcast. Was cool, I wanted to just talk to the people from the community. I mean, the, the technology is really cool, but what I found super interesting was crypto Twitter, and mm -hmm. specifically, I, I'll just call it Bitcoin Twitter. Yeah, that's good. that to me, like that is like the most interesting place in the social in the social world. Yeah, there's a lot you of know? interesting people involved. I mean, like, uh, you know, if Bitcoin doesn't succeed. Uh, I think it will have been worth it just to meet all these people. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, I think we'll all, like, you know, we'll all go and work on the next, you know, try to make the world more free in some other way if, if Bitcoin fails. Uh, so, yeah, that's another really cool thing. And you feel it at a conference like this where it attracts a lot of people. Like, in no other place do I sit down and start talking with somebody. Like, it's happening right here. Like, we've never really talked. We've nope. tweeted a little bit, yeah. but just kind <laughs> of, like... I uh, didn't know what your face looked like yesterday <laughs> exactly. at this time. Me too. Uh, you know, so. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, so. That's funny. So, uh, you know, you, uh, a lot of people, you can just start talking and there's like instant rapport, but it's also a little different than the conversation you just had. So, oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm, this is, you know, a right fit for me, but I think there's, there's just a lot of interesting people that are uh, attracted to this, to this movement. I think that we, uh, to your point, I, I think we all have very similar type of views and we, we have a kind of a similar type of focus. We may not be doing the same things in mm -hmm. the same ways, but, you know, we're, I, I think that, you know, we, we all, 
at least the way I see it, you know, we all appreciate sound money. You mm -hmm. know, we all appreciate the fact that, you know, we don't want the money to be mass produced and just to simply make us poorer without a chance. Yeah. And, you know, that, that aspect of it is really interesting. But the fact that we could take this technology back into our hands and be able to, quote unquote, call the shots. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the way it was meant to be. You know, so I, I think that that brings these types of people, these personalities that align with that. At least that's the first thing it's going to bring, right? Yeah. So it's brought all of us kind of like fringe people in and everything <laughs> like that. And the next step is to bring, you know, the average everyday person. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard but to it's like, uh, it's hard to make people more, like find something that can actually help people become more free. And uh, it's hard to have any sort of a... It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to do things like that's one of the things I sort of learned having worked in like Silicon Valley some. And it's like it's hard to do something that actually moves the needle in any way. Mm -hmm. Like the needle is very has a lot of inertia. It's like the abstract needle of like making things better or worse. And like I think Bitcoin's one of those few places where you can actually apply some force. And like I think it has the potential to kind of cascade out. And like that's when you're looking for a thing to work on, you want something that has like a little toehold where like if it got like it could go and blossom and really like uh, you know move outwards and do a lot like improve things a lot you know and and I think that's it's hard to find stuff like that and I think uh, uh, Bitcoin I mean it's it's weird to hear me say it because like I still it's like a joke like Bitcoin's is like a joke kind of like it sounds like there's some aspect <laughs> yes. of me that's like you idiot for like you sound like an idiot you know talking but I actually believe that like I, I think it's one of the few places where you can actually you know like uh, do the little that you can if you're an average person, you know, apply a little pressure and, and actually improve things a little bit. And uh, it's one of the few like really subversive uh, uh, like, what would you call it? Like a subversive entities in the world that can actually like move against the like... Uh, the mainstream or against well, the... Well, the, the, like the... the uh, the kind of the the the, the overgrown institutions yes. that uh, control modern life, right? Like, I mean, you know, you have institutions now like that uh, have budgets that are like in the trillions of dollars. It's bigger right? than a country. Yeah, it's, I mean, and it's it's true of countries. I mean, it's true of countries. It's true of like companies too. It's like so many companies are just so bloated and over or overgrown. It's uh, it's like you sort of have an option to try to build one of these yourself, oh, yeah. right? Which is what a lot of ambitious people do. They go and found startups, and there's you know there's some good things about that. But uh, you know at the end of the day, then you, you know you're probably gonna you know have the same fate. You become one of these you know bloated, bloated, overgrown <laughs> bureaucracies, and it's like I don't know. It's like it's uh, it's uh, it'd be it'd be like empowering the individual. I think is. Uh, an important thing to do in the, our world as we, the, the world that exists today, the individual is very weak, yep. I think, at the moment. And when they go work for a big company, their, um, their identity gets stripped away and then you become like the identity of the company. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you that's, that's so. one of the, that's one of been one of the fun things about teaching this class is like, it's sort of, uh, it's sort of, it, you feel more alive when you are like kind of an individual type of entrepreneur, mm -hmm. not not like you know you're not funded by somebody with you you're you're funded by the individual customers you serve right that's right and you that's really value. yeah exactly so that that uh like uh, not a lot of people actually experience this and i think and you know m most people uh do not 
earn their income by directly making people happy. <laughs> and that's, that's the definition of like true entrepreneurship. And that's so, right. I don't know. It's been, that's been probably my favorite part about it is just trying to, uh, and that's kind of why I haven't, at least to this point, tried to get any sponsors. I just want to have the individuals. And then I also have like, the, I will give everyone a refund for any reason. They just have to ask. And so that kind of keeps me honest. And I think that's a, that's a good way to live, honestly. So, uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's something I would encourage to people listening is like, you know, try to find, try to figure out something that could be better in the little Bitcoin world and offer some little service, uh, that makes some little group of people happy. And that's, that's how I, so I got my class started by just teaching little, uh, free classes. I did for like three months after I went to the, the first conference I went to. This is your first Bitcoin conference, yep. right? So that was it last is. summer. I was going to my first one <laughs> and I met a bunch of people and, uh, they were interested in, I, I just started, I would just email them afterwards. Like, Hey, I'm, I want to do like a video call where I explain what I learned last week. And so I did that and like three people showed up or two people showed up and, uh, and they liked it. And then we did it the next week and we did that for like three months. And, uh, and then finally I, you know, made it like, you know, advanced a little bit, but it was all about, you know, like I started quite small and with no intention of actually making any, you know, turning it. I was just, I was just trying to offer like a little service, trying to find something useful. So, so yeah, that's what I'd, I'd kind of, uh, like. Bit, get, try to find some way to get paid in Bitcoin. That's my advice. I, find some little thing, even if they send you one sat. I swear. Find some little thing. It's, it's. Uh, I think that's the that's the yellow brick road. <laughs> it is. I totally agree. <laughs> the yellow brick road, right there. I totally agree. And uh, to your point, I um, I don't have, of course, I don't have any sponsors. It's a very small podcast. Yeah. Uh, and well, that's, podcasting is different because you kind of have to. Like, it's still it's still hard to. There's no revenue. Oh, it's, no. Hard, it's hard to find revenue models. You're this. you're just going to get ad money. Yeah, and exactly. The problem is, is that if you do ad money, you're going to end up shilling products that you don't actually yeah. believe in yourself. And yep. you know, and I hear. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's plenty of others where I hear them shilling the you know the products. But again, that's the only way that you're going to make a living. Yep. So it's it's. And I don't cool. think there's anything wrong with like you no. know, participating in advertising. It's just like. Uh, Maybe I try not to do it. You know, exactly. Like just, do yeah, what I, I can judge, not to do. I this. don't judge anybody for like what they participate in, but that's not like that's something I want to find a way to. I want to find a way. I want to work on serving individuals uh, and not, uh, you know, the indirect. Yeah, I, I think model. it's. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the. Yeah, like I want to. I want to. I want to exact like. Uh, uh, upfront costs. Like yeah. I wanted there to be an upfront cost and not a hidden cost. And I think that's like the Bitcoin movement is largely about moving toward from from hidden costs to uh, there's got to be a better word like overt or like uh, like a apparent transparent cost. Yeah. Like where you actually are paying the cost. Like that's I think Satoshi like I think this was a profound decision he made to not make you know like he could have left a little like he he chose to make the protocol more complicated by sending the inflation rate to zero. Yes. So you had to you had to replace the security costs uh, that the block reward represent, and so he had to introduce transaction fees, and so like he made the he made the the, the protocol more complicated and probably less resilient because like it's another way it's a failure mode like it's it's more complication and I mean he did that for a reason and I think it's like you know it's like this idea of moving towards you know like you want fixed you want fixed cost you want people to, uh, to, yeah, I mean, there's also the, there's also the, like, you know, actually going to zero inflation, having a true ledger that isn't 
expanding. But I think there's also a part of like, you know, people can change and they can learn to, you know, they can learn to pay, uh, they, they, they can learn to, they can, they can overcome their addiction to hidden costs, right? Which I think that's, that's characteristic, that is characteristic of our society right now. They like, I mean, MIT is like, like we're just surrounded by an institution of hidden costs, right? Oh, these, yes. These people, these people don't realize how much, how much they are burying themselves in debt, right? And, uh, and uh, you know, that's, I mean, at, at every university, they're just like, they're, 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 people don't really realize what they are, what they are, the transaction they're engaging in, because uh, they don't, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, the pain is all deferred. So, oh yeah. It's so yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of cultural things going on in Bitcoin, and there's, uh, and uh, this is one of them. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I definitely agree. I, I actually think that uh, to your point, right? So, it's almost like he made it intentionally this difficult in order for us to force the innovation of better quality. You know, instead, because if you look at our current system, right, with with all like the the deleveraging and the fact that we can mm -hmm. print ourselves into infinity and nobody cares, you know, because of all the ballooning debt and whatnot, like yeah. that that to me, like that that's a symbol of like cheap crap. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, look, it's easy for us to make cheap crap, but what he's doing, like, or what he did was kind of force us or help us go down that path of hey, if you're going to innovate on this idea, mm -hmm. well, then you're not going to be in, you're not going to be able to make crap. Yeah. You know, and th and that kind of like forced us in this direction. Yep. So no, I agree. I think it's uh, there's you have to you have to be a little more considerate in a world where things are more valuable. Exactly. Right? Like it's like a flight where, more to quality. Yeah, too, exactly. Right? Where there's more scarcity, where there's uh, you know, where where your money's worth something. Because I was thinking of this, right? Like, so yeah. look, like, you know, we have the happening that's going to be coming up in 2020 and all that. So obviously the, the block rewards going down and and whatnot. So if you think about it, right. As, as Bitcoin becomes more and more valuable, mm -hmm. supposing the idea, you know, continues, the experiment continues as it is. So you're not going to want to spend your Bitcoin on yeah. cheap crap that's going to fall apart you're in six months. You're not going to want to spend it at all. Yeah, I already don't want to spend it at all. So it's yeah. like, so what happens when these garbage products are still out there and people are expecting you to spend your Bitcoin on them? You're going to be like, no. And then what's that going to do? That's going to force people to produce higher quality products mm -hmm. that are going to entice people to spend their Bitcoin. Now they're going to have to actually try to entice you with better yep. value. And exactly. that's kind of where your value proposition comes in because you're, you know what I mean? You're planning to, yeah. to give it's funny. Value, it's funny to, it's funny you know? to, yeah, like I, it's funny to offer services to Bitcoiners because it's like, you know, if you make the sale, <laughs> you, you, did a, you did a good job. It's like <laughs> these guys just do not want to part with their money. They are hard customers. That's true. So, uh, so yeah, if you want to, if you want to learn to sell to fiat uh, people, just you know, practice on the Bitcoiners. You get your <laughs> get your points. Yeah, you get a little exercise in, and then and then switch over to the sloppy fiat people, and they'll 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 they'll, they'll part with it much easier. Of course, because yeah. it's worth nothing. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, all right. Um, do you have any uh, Do you have anything else you? Not really, man. I mean, I'm just uh, I'm just uh, you know I'm just. Uh, Kind of got my head in the weeds, trying to make this class good. I'm focused on the hundred people who've uh, entrusted me with helping them understand things better, and that's basically all I've been thinking about. Like I just try to serve them, and and you know, uh, and uh, you know, get if I can get 20, 30 people every month uh, enough so I can kind of uh, 
really hold their hand and, and help them. Uh, that's that's what I'm looking for the next six months or something, and beyond that, who knows? Uh, so yeah, that's that's what I that's what I want to do. I mean, one of the topics of our panel today with Pierre Richard and Jack Mallers about onboarding was you know the topic of you know it's none of us on the panel had a pro software development background. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Jack like dropped out of school. Pierre was an accountant. I studied yeah. math. None of us. Uh, I don't. I don't know if any of us. I mean, I, I, I took a programming class in college, but dropped it because it sucked, uh, I did and same. I couldn't figure it out. And uh, and so, I mean, it's uh, one of the topics was that it is it is uh, it isn't as hard as most people think. So, if you're interested, give it a shot. Send me a just search Justin Moon on Twitter, and uh, I'll respond to you. Send me a DM if you're interested. Uh, like, there's this website, Solo Learn. If you just Google Solo Learn Python, you'll find a nice little class. It's free and give you a sense of what it's like. Uh, so that's what I mean. That's one of the things I just try to encourage. Is like you know, it's if you're going to do this Bitcoin thing, it, it might it's worth trying. It's not for everyone, but uh, you know, give it a try. It pays well. If you, if you if you if you don't have as many satoshis as you'd like, learning to code might help. Uh, so uh, that's awesome. Yeah, but you know, it's not for everybody. So you know, that's that's kind of that's kind of the message that I try to try to get out there is, you might surprise yourself, and uh, and uh, it's worth a shot. Justin, you always inspire me. It's like every time I hear you talk about programming, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it again because I did. The last time I listened to you, and I don't remember which podcast that was on, you talked about Solo Learn. I went, I signed up, made it through the first six lessons, and then hit my wall. The life got in the way, and damn No, it. it didn't even get in the way. I just suck. Okay. okay? I suck. I couldn't finish the, you know, the assignment, and I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm done. I'm going back to what I'm good at. Yeah, so yeah. So I'm going to try it again one more time. And that's, I mean, that's so. kind of what happened with me. It took me like three <laughs> false starts to... It took me something where I, I basically had a mentor who I was paying to help me. <laughs> okay. So you can see that a little bit in the design of my thing. It's like, yeah. that's what I, that's how I kind of structure it. So it's like, you know, kind of a, available for office hours, like three times a day usually for, to my students. And it's like, if they have questions, I will help them. And so that's kind of like, I think oftentimes that's what you, you want to incentivize somebody to make you succeed and, uh, and so that's kind of, that's what worked for me. I finally was in a situation like that, you know, because a university professor, online, free online class, nobody gives a shit if no. you succeed. Nobody uh, <laughs> You want, you want to, you want to. succeeding. You want to, yeah, you want to, <laughs> you want someone who needs you to succeed. So I try to structure it in that way. It's like, my students don't succeed, then like nobody's going to, uh, then the whole thing dies. So I got to yeah. make them succeed. Uh, and so, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's kind of like, Maybe my class is good. Maybe it's something different. But you know, if you want to learn a program, try to find some scenario where you have sort of a mentor who can help you out, who really wants you to succeed. Maybe it's a friend. Oftentimes, a friend can help. Uh, they don't want to see you fail, right? So yeah, that's kind of what you. That's kind of what you need. Is and, and if, if you tried to learn to code a couple times and it didn't work, you know, uh, maybe give it a shot. Maybe not. It's but it, for many of us, it took a couple times. So oh, yeah. don't feel don't feel like an idiot. Oh, no, I, I feel like an idiot anyway. Not it's to not you. Gonna stop me. Oh, no, but I'm saying anybody in general, it's like even if you do feel like an idiot, go ahead, jump yeah. back in. You know yeah. what? Don't, there's one thing I always uh, stick to because I'm a troubleshooter uh, for my daily job is don't, um, don't be afraid to not know. Yeah. It's like there's a lot of people, they're so afraid to not know something, and they're so focused on that rather than just simply diving in and learning. Yeah. It's like, don't especially be afraid, a, just... Especially a problem in Bitcoin because everyone's trying to kind of show off and be the smartest guy. Oh, my so. gosh. 
So it's kind of, you kind of have an advantage if you play stupid sometimes. But the more I learn, the dumber I feel. Yeah. I, I kid you not, when it comes to Bitcoin, it's like every single step I take, I'm like, oh, wow, now I just learned something new and now I realized all this other stuff I don't know. Exactly. So, all right, cool, it's, man. It's a good way to live. Thank you so much. Is there, do you have any, any final thoughts before we close this out? Nah, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hungry. That's all right, <laughs> cool. <laughs> all right, let's go eat. Thank you again so much, Justin. Food. Yeah, for sure. Take it easy. You too. I hope everybody enjoyed listening to uh, our interview with Justin Moon. I'm going to post a, uh, his uh, Twitter contact in the show notes for anybody that doesn't know it already. And if you want to reach me on Telegram or Twitter, I'm at CoinIcarus. If you want to send me an email, uh, it's funwithcrypto at protonmail.com. Catch you all next time.